The Courage to Lead, Episode 92. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome My Own Holmes. My Own Holmes is a digital marketing speaker, trainer, and strategist on branding, B2B, and B2C social selling and social media strategy. She's a highly regarded digital marketing expert to corporate and nonprofit entities and has spoken at several conferences, some being CreativeCon, Black Writers Conference, and keynoting for International Association of Women Conference, among others. My own has over 10 years of digital marketing experience and has helped use social communication to drive visibility and generate leads. As a marketing trainer, Mrs. Holmes has developed and delivered workshops to businesses and entrepreneurs in areas like advanced Instagram marketing techniques, diversity in marketing, B2B and B2C social selling, and B2B and B2C social media marketing basics. My own, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Great, great introduction. Thanks. <laughs> no, it's all you. I mean, this is this is amazing, all the stuff that you've done. And I know people have a lot of questions. Social media is not something that just anybody can step into. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a, a, you know, the pay no attention to the guy behind the, the curtain, right? right? There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that if you don't get it right, you can miss out on a ton of stuff. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, definitely want to talk to you about that because this is something I'm still learning the the ropes. So I'll be asking you a lot of naive questions, I'm sure, but uh, take yeah. note. <laughs> okay, absolutely. We'll do it. All right. Before we get started um, on that, I do have some questions. These are questions that I ask all of my guests, questions that were made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. Yes, so, because yeah. we are elite. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So 10 questions. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite word? I'll think about, well, that's a phrase. So maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. What turns you on? Chocolate. Okay. <laughs> what turns you off? Odor. I'm with you. Okay. What sound or noise do you love? My children laughing. Nice. What sound or noise do you hate? Something breaking. <laughs> <laughs> when it happens in the other room, it's like, wow, what could that be? All right. Question seven, what is your favorite curse word? Rhymes with yuck. Okay. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? It's a toss up between interior design and real estate, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. What profession would you not like to do? 
trash like being <laughs> trash man <laughs> we need them but it's just we not. need them <laughs> bless them but yeah we yeah, yeah i'm with you all right finally 10 if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates oh your family's right over here nice the family all right we are going to come back we're going to talk about uh your background how you got started in uh, digital marketing and social media marketing um, where you see this heading because social selling is the big thing right now. Absolutely. And at some point we're going to transition into leadership and courage. All right. All right. So Let's we'll be back listeners right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. All right, and I am back with my guest, my own Holmes. Thank you again for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know you're you're busy, mother of four, yeah. um, and all the stuff you're doing. Wow, you have no gray hairs. How do you do that with, with four little ones? I think that's hereditary because my mother was in her late fifties and only had like three gray hairs. Wow. Pitch black hair, three gray hairs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my mom was a, there's four of us boys. <laughs> I don't think she had anything but gray by the time we got done with her. I said, I don't know if she started off crazy or we just helped her along, but uh, yeah, definitely. So how did she get started? Is this something you wanted to do from, like early childhood, did you wake up one morning saying, I want to be a social digital marketing person? I had no clue what I wanted to do until I was a junior in high school. And I went on a college tour and we went to the communication department and I saw and I spoke with someone about public relations. And I was like, that's me. I want to do PR for celebrities. I'm going to work with celebrities. Da, 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 da. Like, and that was my whole motivation from being a junior and through college. So I got my bachelor's in communication with a concentration in PR. Okay. And then I got thrusted into a job where it was mainly marketing. So then I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of like PR, but not really. So then I had to pick up on like what to do for marketing. Then they were putting me in like different courses and different programs. And then I just began to love it. In essence, to a degree, PR and social media are like brother and sister. Okay. So it's almost like I went to school and did the same thing, but not exactly. Yeah. And so then when did the social part of it kick in? Because social media is huge, right? It is. Um, I think because, well, it was clear that I wasn't going to do PR for celebrities. <laughs> you still um, could. I mean, you're young enough. You can well, do that. that's true. But I ended up, um, I had my son when I was in college. And so then I just transitioned. But I loved social media. Like when we lay it all out, because there's different types of marketing. Mm -hmm. That was the one that really pulled me. And so I just went and I was really good at it. Right. So it's one thing when you love something, but then when you're really Absolutely. good at it, it's like part a match made in heaven. Nice. So I just continued with that. I took courses. I go to conferences just so I can stay up to date on what's happening. 
Good. So what's the big difference between regular marketing and the social media marketing? So here's what I'm finding. When people say marketing, they're talking about a lot of times um, they're dealing with brick and mortar businesses and they're talking about um, email marketing or um, mailer marketing, which is like addresses when you send out mailers. Mm -hmm. They're not really speaking about digital marketing Social media is more on the home front of digital marketing, which is online marketing. And so that, of course, is talking. Social media is broad because inside of that, we have SEO, pay-per-click, video marketing, organic marketing, social selling. And so it's vast when you're talking about social media marketing. Got it. Yeah, to me, the regular marketing, like you said, is a lot of print ad type things Right. Um, right. For, for brick and mortar. Where to me, social selling and social media is more influencing. You're, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you do that? If you're working for a company, let's say I had a company, brick and mortar company, and I said, I, I want some social media work. What would you do first? How do you, how do you get into that? Well, the first thing I would do is do an audit of their current marketing, what they're doing currently, because there's no way to know which way I need to go with the company until I audit and see what's been happening previously, what's worked, what did not work. So the first thing we do is an audit. Then from the audit, we create a strategy for that company. A lot of times people like to think one size fits all, and it's not the case. Of course, there's things that work on particular platforms, but it's still each company is its own. And so you have to create a strategy for that company. Right. And do you help them identify their ideal uh, client or customer avatar? So we start with the competitor analysis, your target audience, which is your client or customer avatar. Then we go into your messaging. A lot of times that's the issue, your messaging. Mm -hmm. Then we go into talking about the type of content, so content marketing. Then, depending on the client, are we doing paid advertisement? Because that's a whole different ballgame. So we talk about paid advertisement. And then we go into talking about, a lot of times we match either text marketing or email marketing with the social media marketing. Got it. So how do you get these influencers? You'll see somebody talking about something. And suddenly everybody has to have that thing they're talking about. That's the influence part of it. How do you get somebody to, to start talking about a product? Visibility. Okay. So, and the first thing is you don't have to be on every platform to be visible. You need to be where your audience is. So even if you're on one platform, if Facebook is your platform, then by all means, you need to be visible and consistently visible on that platform. In the beginning, you start with two people might be watching your live. Then we go and there's we're a month down the line and now you have 20. And then the next thing you know, you have 60 and now you've built a tribe of your 1,000 followers, right? But it's all about being visible. No one can know about what your brand is and what you're selling if they don't know or see you. True. And then are there certain platforms that are better or does it depend on the product? It depends on the product. It depends on the audience. Okay. Um, and that's why you do the audit, right? And then it depends on the niche as well. So all of those things coupled together will let you know which platform or forms you need to be on. Okay. And for the longest time, it was Facebook and, and Twitter. <laughs> now you've got Instagram. You've got how many different platforms are there? You know, 
there's actually a, a wheel that tells you about the different platforms. Here's the thing. People always think Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok now. Um, but there's also, if you think about if you are a photographer, there's platforms for you if you're a photographer. So um, then if you're a writer, there's platforms for you if you're a writer that you we don't really see as social media, but they are in fact social media platforms because you're being social and you're sharing the content. So when you go on these platforms, you need to think about where's my target audience. And now of course with audio, we have Clubhouse right? So there's so many platforms that we can choose, but it's based off of who our target audience is and what we're trying to accomplish. Got it. So when you work with these companies, what do you see? What are they, what are they missing or what are they doing wrong most of the time? Um, most of the time it's messaging. Okay. Two things. The top two are unclear about your audience. Number two is your messaging is it's, it isn't cohesive. And so people aren't really understanding. You don't understand fully what your messaging is. And therefore it's coming out to your audience like that. So for example, if someone, if we're talking about a small business, right. And they say, Hey, I want to work with six figure X, Y, Z, right. Great. But then everything in your messaging is reading low budget. And you're talking about budget and discount people who make seven, eight figures aren't thinking about discounts, right? right? They're talking about the word they use is investing, but you're using discount or pay where they mm -hmm. use the word investing. So a word just as simple as that will help change your messaging, will help change who you're attracting. Interesting. That is cool. Yeah, I just did a, a I've got a mastermind group that I run. Um, this morning we were talking about client avatar, mm -hmm. right? How to identify who your target client is and then how do you use that information? A lot of companies waste a lot of uh, website real estate, a lot of the social media talking about me, 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 me. Mm. Here's who I am, how long I've been in business, where my shop is, you know, how many certifications I have and everything like that. None of that really matters until the client says, you know my problem and you have a, a, something to solve that problem. None of the rest of that stuff really matters. Do you still see a lot of that out there? I would say it's an intermix. Um, the importance is when you, when uh, a company comes out initially, they are thinking about themselves and what people, they think that in order to make their brand shine, that they should talk about themselves, okay. but it's actually the opposite. What you need to talk about is your audience pain points and hone in on how your, whether it's your product or your service can help them with whatever that pain point is. You don't hear Amazon saying me, 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 right? No, two day shipping, two day shipping. Why? Yes. Because you want to get your products fast and yes. that's what attracts you to Amazon. So you have to think about it the same way. What is it? What's the issue that my target audience has? How do we help combat that issue? And then that's what you lead with. Very cool. Yeah. I think definitely you, you've got to, you've got to talk, like you said, talk to them. What is it they need? What, it, what's their pain point? What, what is the problem that they have? How is it impacting their life? And how can you solve that problem for them? Right. You know, what I've found, and it's funny, many companies don't ask their audience what their issue is. They assume mm -hmm. because oh, this is the issue, but how do you know? Have you asked? 
have you asked? And the great thing about social media is you can actually use your platform to ask. There's polls, there's stories, there's different ways that you can ask, you can take surveys, but you need to make sure that the issue that you're combating is really an issue that your target audience is having. True. Aren't polls kind of overdone right now? I've, I've seen a lot of them out on, on Facebook, yeah. let's say a lot of different polls. Are no. they so useful? They're very useful. Okay. Very useful. Two reasons. One, so you can connect with your target audience. So if you do a poll and for those who answer the poll, that lets you know that that's engaged target an engaged target audience for you okay. right there. Then you can go ahead and do some organic engagement. The second piece is, again, you're taking the poll so that you can find out what your audience wants from you or needs from you. So you can take those results and use them to help you in your marketing. Nice. Very cool. And so uh, just a straight poll, a couple of questions, or would you send them to a, a survey of some kind? I do an intermix. So okay. I do a story with some polls. Again, to, where's your audience? Is your audience on LinkedIn? People don't realize this. Those LinkedIn polls do really well. Really? Okay. I've actually done a survey and we get a lot more engagement on the poll for LinkedIn than doing a static post. Really? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, are there parameters around the pool? Is it like less than five questions? Is it two or three questions? Is it? I would stick with between three and five over okay. that. Then people, they don't even look at the other questions that you ask, or if it's one question and I would stick between three to five um, choices. Response. Okay. Right. Because once you get over that, then it's like, what? I don't know. And the other piece is if one of the responses is not something that someone would um, choose, they can opt in and put their own suggestions. Okay. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And then surveys. Um, I know a lot of people that offer, Hey, if you complete the survey, I've got a gift card for you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you need to do something like that to prompt people to, to get them to respond or are people just, you, know, you don't have to give a, a gift card or any okay. gift. Um, the thing that I say that works is along with surveys, assessments, Okay. So you do an assessment and then at the end, someone gets the results from the assessment and ah. in the results, there's some type of solution that will help them within that. Then people will definitely fill out your assessment. So assessments are actually a really great tool to use when you're running ads. If you're trying to grow your email list. Excellent. I'm taking lots of notes here. I hope everybody else is taking notes. This is good. So run the assessment and then offer them at the end of this, I'll compile the information and give you a report. Exactly. Very cool. And you've been a, a keynote speaker at yeah. a lot of things. Creative mm -hmm. Con. Tell me about that. Tell me about the International Association of Women Conference. Um, so Creative Con is a conference for African-American creators. It happens usually pre-COVID, it would happen in Atlanta. Yeah. And so they have different people speaking and it's for authors, African-American authors. Oh, nice. And it's a way to help them because a lot of times authors don't have access and know where to go for elements like marketing, mm -hmm. um, sales, and um, just all publishing. Sometimes if you're a new author and you're trying to get publishing. So it's over um, two to three days, the conference. One day, they have a thing where you can come and it's like a, a book fair and you okay. can, and it's all of these different like small uh, authors. And then the second day is the conference where you come and they have 
of course, keynotes, and then they have breakout sessions breakout as well, nice. where you can come and hear from the different speakers. So Very that cool. was a really great experience. Um, Absolutely. And then International Association for Women is for women who are either in their career or business owners who are looking to network and connect with other women. And so they host many, they used to do in-person, but of course, COVID. Now everything's online. So I keynoted one of their online conferences that they had for their East Coast region. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Good job. So has COVID hurt social media at all? Or is it? Oh, no, not social media. COVID enhanced social media because there are more people online now. Because for those who were in their office, now they're at home, right? And the second piece was, For some of the businesses that were not online pre-COVID, they now realize how important it is to be online. And so they were in a panic and rushing to get set up online and start that marketing because they're like, okay, everyone's online. We have to be able to connect with our people. These mailers aren't working. (laughs) Yeah, they're not seeing billboards because they're not driving around anymore. Exactly. And so where other styles of marketing took a plummet, social media or digital marketing so you know it soared so very cool Mm -hmm. so where are we headed as far as the social selling and digital marketing where are we headed to what's if you had your crystal ball and you could kind of predict where this is going what do you see so if i was to talk about next year something that i see happening is that videos that we are consuming will be shorter okay it's already happening So the videos that are short, which three minutes or less, are getting more uh, views than those longer, even on YouTube, than the Mm -hmm. longer videos. And it's because, sadly, people's attention span is shorter, right? And so they want to consume quickly. So that's one piece that I see happening. I said last year, and I was right, that audio was going to take a surge. And then the next thing you know, Clubhouse hit and um, soared. So I still think that audio is going to keep climbing. But what I believe is that many of the platforms that did not once offer video and shorts, they will now start pushing that. You'll see that LinkedIn did have stories, but they said they're taking them away. Okay. But I do believe that LinkedIn will find a way to now incorporate video shorts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then what about TikTok? I know a lot of people that have used TikTok, just a little short, oh, repeating little, you know, video things, right? With the pop-up bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is that taking off more now? Oh, absolutely. Because TikTok is, TikTok was the original shorts, right? Mm-hmm. Before Reels and before YouTube started doing shorts, hashtag shorts. It was TikTok. So now what's happening is because TikTok blew up and so many people are on that platform, the other platforms are taking notice and trying to implement that on their platforms. Interesting. Here's what I tell people, and here's a little um, a shortcut for you. If you create a TikTok, turn around, download it, use it on your Instagram Reels. Because right now the videos that are getting more views on Instagram are Reels. Okay. So, or you can do vice versa, create the reel, download the reel and upload it to TikTok. It will save you time. Interesting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Another nugget. Good job. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about leadership. Okay. Um, in your business, do you have people working for you? In yes, your, I do. 
how many how many folks do you have working for you? Right now we have three. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to bump into one of them and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? One who holds integrity high. Nice. Um, one who is compassionate and understanding. Um, the company culture that I work to create is one that I've always wanted to be a part of. And so that includes being understanding to that life happens. That's why we're virtual. We will never be a company that's in one location. I'll always be virtual. One that's diverse because diversity is a big, big, big key piece and something that I really push um, and something that I know that's needed and we do not see. And so those are some of the things that they would tell you. I Very want, cool. when it's all said and done and I close my eyes one day, I want my company to look like a rainbow and a kaleidoscope of people. Nice. I cannot tell you how many times we've gone in as, as consultants working with companies and you look at the people working mm-hmm. in the building and then you look at the executive team and they don't look anything alike. No. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Hmm. I love it. Because sometimes that's the issue with the company, right? Yeah. Like no one's, da, 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 da. well, how can you understand? You don't even have someone on your team yeah. who can understand the issues of who you're trying to market to, yeah. right? So how can you expect people to entrust you? And I hope that people take, because I love Beyonce, mm-hmm. take Beyonce as an example when she went to, I feel like it was Nike at first, but no one on the board of Nike look like her. So it's like, how can you understand what my vision is? And there's no one here, which is why she ended up going elsewhere. (laughs) But it's funny because if, if your product is for a younger market, you don't want some old gray hairs running your marketing and sales. I say that too, but (laughs) maybe that's where I heard it because you're brilliant. And I picked that up, (laughs) but yeah, you, you want to, I think, that's where diversity, a lot of times companies will think diversity means we have to have a woman on the board. Mm-hmm. We have to have a minority on the board. It's more than that. So much more. There's so much more. Diversity is not just um, your ethnicity or if you, your sexuality, if you're a man or a woman, right. it's, it's so much, there's ageism, right? There's your sexuality. So there's so many facets that people don't realize of ways that they can be diverse and even in their marketing be diverse. They're just like, oh, well, we have black people on our, like that doesn't make you diverse. I hate to break the news to you. And so when we really understand that and start to make the changes and implement those things, then they'll see. And I always tell people, if you wanna know what's going to happen or what should be your next, hire a focus or get a focus group of people 18 to 25 and you will know where you need to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they are all over social media. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to know where to go, that's, that's where to do it. Yeah. Um, so do you do more coaching or more training or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. Okay. I, I often say I, I'm a spirit teacher. I should have been a teacher <laughs> just because I love to train and educate. I think it's important that, Yes, I can tell you what to do, but let me explain why you need to do this so that you know. And then when you're building out your team, everyone else on the team is educated as well. So Nice. Very cool. So where did you find the courage to step out and do this? A lot of people uh, 
they're not very courageous. They're, they like the comfort zone of mm-hmm. the nine to five job, somebody else making the decisions. You just go in and do what you're told, collect your paycheck. At some point you decided, no, I want more. I see that there's more out there or I see a, a gap that I can fill. Where did you find that courage? I'll say that it came from, well, I learned about courage from my mother, right? So she was an African-American woman in the military who ended up becoming a sergeant in the military. So if you think about, and she was in the military for 20 years before she retired. So that's where I first learned. But what made me say, okay, I can do this. I can make the jump was looking at what am I leaving versus what am I gaining? And what I was gaining was so much bigger than what I was leaving. Very cool. And then is there a type of courage that you had to find to go out there? There's different types. You know, we talk about on the, on the program, we talk about intellectual courage, being able to be open-minded enough to learn new things, right? Constantly seek out new ways of doing things. Um, set aside any long-held beliefs to make room for that new knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's disciplined courage to have a plan and be able to stick to that plan. Even if things go wrong, even if you, you fail or fall down, you know how to stick with that empathetic courage, uh, social courage, moral courage, all these different things. Is there one that you think is most important? I'd say it's a combination of intellectual and uh, my mindset and discipline. Um, Because when you work a nine to five, they tell you what time to be there. They tell you what time you can get off, what time you can take break, what they need from you. Once you embark and you're starting your own, Like you have to be the person to make those decisions and know that everything falls on you, whether it happens or does not happen. And intellectually, I've always been one who's open for criticism, right? Some people are, I hate to say the word sensitive, but that's what it is. Some people are sensitive. Absolutely. Right. And I've, I haven't been one that's sensitive. I welcome criticism because I'm saying to myself, what's going to make me better. Tell me how I can fix this. Tell me what to do. What, what don't you like about this? Right. And you have to be open to that when you're building something from the ground up for people to come in, especially if they mean you well, to give you their feedback. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of times for leaders, that's that's difficult. They don't want to be open to the feedback. They don't want uh, their employees to see, you know, blemishes or, or, or faults. Right. Um, do you have to in, in your coaching and, and training and stuff like that, do you ever work with leaders on that level to, to help them? Hey, listen to what your customers are saying. Listen to what your employees are saying. I do. And there's <laughs> sometimes I have to say, because you have to be stern. I have this issue sometimes when I go into an organization is it's a blessing and a curse that I look younger than I am. So I'm telling people like, you know, I'm getting ready to be 40, right? Like I'm a knock away, (laughs) but they look and they see me and they assume I'm younger. So I don't have, even though you just read my bio, Mm -hmm. right? I still have to have that battle. And so it becomes a thing of getting them to entrust and understand that this is, these are the changes we need to make. And here's why, when I come to them with the audit, if I first say it, just knowing they don't really hear me. But when I come to them with all of the facts laid out, then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, she's right. She understands. 
And what I say is that you have to be teachable no matter what age you are and you have to be willing to change. The person who's unwilling to change is the person who's going to fail. Yes. Yeah, that whole, this is the way we've always done it. And so this is how we're going to do it. And often the phrase that I use is, why did you hire me? Right. So why? Because if you're not going to listen, then you can save your money and I can save my time. No, and I've, I've seen that in, in practice. Uh, I used to work at Lockheed Aircraft out in California. Ooh. And we had a big uh, consulting company come in and do a big, long, I forget how many months it was. And they produce a big binder. Here's our recommendation. And the executives flipped through the pages and said, yep, we're screwed up. And then they <laughs> put that notebook up on the, on the shelf. And that was the end of it. I don't think they implemented anything. It's like, well, why did you bring them in then? Why did you hire them? Hmm. So if you were to, to give one big piece of information to somebody starting off as a digital marketing, social selling person, what bit of advice would you share? Be consistent. That's the biggest piece that I can give them. Be consistent. Sometimes they start out and you're going strong and you're going great for those two weeks, those first two weeks. And then you fall off and we don't see you because you get caught up in all these other pieces that you're doing in your business and you forget about the marketing or you get those clients you need. So maybe you're like, hey, I need three new clients. You get the three new clients and then your marketing falls off. Then when one of the clients goes away, maybe they finished out their contract or they've left for whatever reason, then you're scrambling, trying to hurry up and fill that pipeline again. Mm. You have to be consistent so that your pipeline stays filled. Nice. Yeah, that's good for any business, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then as far as social media, if I'm posting something, consistency is important for that too. You don't want to just post something and then two months later post something, right? Absolutely. How often should we be posting? I can't give you a number, right? So what I always say is, how often can you be consistent? I, what I like to use it, and um, as I use an example, is if you watched soap operas with your grandma or your mom back mm-hmm. in the day, and the soap opera came on every Friday, every Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. or 1 p.m., and your grandma knew, and she taped it, and she recorded it. Think of your social media the same way. People start to look for you at that particular day or days in time. So if you say Monday, Wednesday, Friday is what I can do and I can be consistent and I do it twice a day on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, don't do that for one month and then you fall off for three weeks and then you come back and do Tuesday and Thursday and then wonder why no one, you're not growing and no one's connecting with you. Well, they don't know when or where. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then, so if, if you're working, let's say if I hire you, you're working for me. Do you create the content? Do you just give me the format so that I create the content? Do you post for me? Do I do the posting? How does that work? So it, it can be either, and it depends on the um, niche. So a lot of times when we're talking about finance, because there's different colloquialisms that they mm-hmm. use, I often ask for blog content because for some reason in finance and lawyers, they always have all a million blogs. <laughs> Posts written. So we pull the content and then from that we create content for social. 
right? Because the thing is that their content for social is just as bland as those blogs that they're writing. And no one's attracted to that. And so that's why they're not seeing the growth or the engagement that they're looking for. So it can be um, a two head. You can create the content and then I share the strategy on what type of content to create and how, or it can be that we create the content for you and schedule it out. Excellent. So you kind of create a communication plan for them that this is when this will go out, date, time, platform, Mm -hmm. everything. Right. Very cool. Very, very cool. So if people want to get in touch with you, how's the best way for them to do that? What's your website? They can, uh, well, they can email me at hello at socially dash polished with the ed.com or my website, socially dash polished ed.com or I'm all on social at socially polished. Very simple. Very cool. Socially polished. And you said you're developing the website or the website is. So the website is in transition. So we're updating the website. So you'll see a lot of changes going on. So I always tell people to email me or they, if they DM socially polished, someone Mm -hmm. from the team will respond. I'm very, or I actually have a personal um, Instagram as well. So I'm easy to contact. I love connecting with people. So very cool. Any speaking engagements coming up? Uh, Not right now. I am trying to travel more (laughs) since they've opened up the travel line. So I have some things. Um, I have one conference that's on the books for 2022, early 2022. And then I'm actually looking to do a summit. I've been asked to help head up a summit for Black women marketers. Nice. So that's something that I'm in the helm for. And oh, I'm actually going in October, the end of October. It's a conference for nurses, for Black nurse entrepreneurs. Very cool. And so I'll be speaking there. So about that nice what are you what are you speaking on <laughs> marketing social nice. media marketing mm-hmm. for nursing basics mm-hmm. guess what so there are it's black nurse entrepreneurs so there okay. are a lot of nurses that are starting their own businesses nice. because with especially with covid that front line they've gotten exhausted yes so they're looking for a way to maybe not necessarily leave but at least they can decrease their hours. Mm -hmm. And so these nurses are, they're being consultants. They have, nurses have med spas, they have um, CNA schools. Like I'm blown away with the different types of businesses that they have. That is excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I started off as a a consultant and I saw how much work we were doing and, and they were building us out at a certain rate. I was getting a fraction of that, right? Mm-hmm. That's when I decided, you know what, I can do this on my own. So I can see nurses doing that, you know, especially oh, after all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Any books in the works? I have one. Good. <laughs> Still in editing. Okay. So I'm excited about that. I don't talk about it that much until I'm ready to market it. Okay. So give me until the end of the year. My hope is that it will be ready to start marketing in December. Awesome. So, and when that book is ready. Me, yeah you follow me on social that's socially polished then you'll see we'll start dripping out very cool and when that book is out we'll have you back on the show and talk about your book absolutely i would love that that'd be great awesome man this has been great thank you so much for coming on the program i have all the notes here um i'll put these in the show notes so people know how to get in touch with you all your links and everything like that and yeah 
Very cool. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. It has been great. And listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Um, If not, listen to the podcast episode again. This time, get ready and take notes. Uh, A lot of good information there. Make sure you check out uh, Socially Polished, right? Socially Dash Polished. Yeah. Very cool. My own homes. Thank you very much. And listeners, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.